Hello and welcome to episode five of Saladcast. Episode five, but I'd call this is like a first real episode in terms of the football season is back. Um, this week, um, Glenn is on holiday. I got back um, in the UK um, this morning, um, very early this morning. So I'm joined by Nathan. So Nathan, thanks for joining me on the podcast again. Thanks, Ollie. Yeah, thanks for letting me uh, come back on after last year. It's been about a year since I was last on at the start of last season. So, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's an honour. I think Glenn needs to go away on holiday a bit more. <laughs> so, yeah, great to have you on. Um, for context of this um, podcast, I listened and watched the podcast. So I watched the podcast on, on iFollow when I was in Rhodes. And the bus came in the second half, so I kind of missed a bit at the end of the um, second half. So I listened to that. I'll be listening to um, BBC Shropshire on the radio on the on the radio on my phone. So that was quite handy. Um, but yeah, you were at the game yesterday, weren't you, Nathan? So you can help give some context and also yeah, kind of kind of lead a little bit in terms of seeing the action live. Yeah, I know. I think it's quite. Um interesting uh having two perspectives as well because sometimes when you're watching it on tv it's slightly different to watching it at the ground and you kind of miss things whereas i suppose did you have the commentary uh, as well when you yeah bbc shopshire commentary and also i follow now has replays which is quite handy because uh, in the past it didn't it didn't have any replays so i saw a few replays for like when um for example ebanks blake got a player booked and things like that so it's quite interesting actually you have replays now which you don't have obviously yeah, no, that is it's really useful. I actually noticed that when I was watching back the highlights earlier today, um, that they actually finally have replays because I used to have to kind of like go back the fifteen seconds to see the um, the highlights. So no, that's that's really good. Cool. So going into the season, um, so thoughts on what's your thoughts have been on preseason? You've been to any games? Um, I went to the uh, game last week against Dundee United. Um, so cool. last Saturday, um, the games before that kind of they just kind of seemed to come really quickly, um, and I was quite busy. I couldn't go to the Villa game unfortunately, and it was a bit of a sellout. Um, but no, it's, uh, I went to the one pre-season game. Um, I kind of feel like the season's come around really quickly. I know we say this every year, um, but I was really enjoying like the cricket season and us winning the World Cup. And next thing I know, I'm going to be going down um, the meadow for the first game of the season. But now it's started. I'm kind of well into it. Yeah, it's funny. We were, we were prepping for the pod over the last few days and you were saying you get back into football. I feel like I've been involved in football quite a bit for the last few weeks since we restarted, had a few weeks off and yeah, been quite um, been on holiday by the poolside following quite a lot and reading quite a lot. So yeah, I feel like the football season is yeah, fully underway. So who's who's been your standout signings of the pre-season? Um, I kind of, I think Ebanks Landor looks really good. I think just all the defenders he's been signing, it's been really positive. And I know you could say that's probably kind of a defensive mindset, but I think that's what he really wanted to shore up first. So I think last year when we kind of signed Williams as well, I think we're all, everyone was kind of like, we've signed him on loan. Um, but no, no, we've actually signed him. So everyone was excited about that. And then to kind of get kind of Ebanks Landor in as well. Um, and Pierre, I just, I think it's quite exciting. These these are players that you're like, why are you playing at Shrewsbury Town? And I don't mean in that in a derogative way towards Shrewsbury Town, but they're just like really kind of solid defenders. So I've kind of been impressed with them. Um, and obviously it's nice to kind of get a goalkeeper in, albeit maybe, you know, from on loan from Bristol City. But um, O'Leary does look pretty decent as well. So yeah. defensively, I've been, been quite impressed. Um, Mark Elliott tweeted after the game, you know, what would you think we need to um, reinforce? And he said midfielder and a striker. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I do. Um Morrison looks really good. Uh, I'll probably talk about Morrison in a bit. Um, but I think we need a goal scorer. Um, and I think maybe a defender, but I think we're forgetting that Norburn's injured. And I think I think Ricketts wants to build his side around Norburn. So I think we do need a midfielder, but I think we keep forgetting about Norburn. And obviously, Loren, who came on yesterday, um, looked pretty good. And again, we'll talk about that. Yeah, he's a year older as well, isn't he? Yeah, so, no, that's well. it. So I do probably think we need one more midfielder, but I don't think it's as bad as we think it is. Yeah, I think it's also a lot of hinges on Edwards there as well. Um, and talking to midfielders, then obviously is a bit of a as a topic for discussion around Grant. Um, do you think that you know think you know potentially we're missing him, or what's your view on Grant? I think we are missing him. I mean, he's such a good player, but I mean, I'm so confused by what's happened. And you know, this kind of um, you know they want to keep it private, and then you know, and then there was all this link to like you know had some time out because of like his dental problems or something, and then he wants to have this time. So it's very strange. But I kind of trust Ricketts that he's obviously done something wrong, um, and you know, you, you don't mess with him, which is, you know, probably quite a good thing to kind of lay down the law to the rest of the players and kind of know who's boss, especially, as well, you know, when he came in, he probably did want to make a mark, Ricketts, that is. Um, so I think we are missing him. But then at the end of the day, if he's done something wrong, then, you know, 
do we really want a player like that in the team? And I think Ricketts really wants to kind of get a collective unit of players rather than individuals. So it's probably for the best, as much as it's quite sad, because I did used to enjoy Grant kind of bullying midfielders last season. So I do miss him a bit, but, you know, onwards and upwards. Yeah, exactly. I think probably we can maybe find players a bit more effective um, going forward, um, especially with three central defenders. But yeah, it'd be interesting to close that one when we get the final kind of um, bit of a closure on that, which hopefully will happen. Obviously, it's still a long way until the transfer window closes for League One, so plenty to go on there. Um, and this is in a bit of an extended intro. I don't normally spend this time on the introduction, but I thought it's probably worth just covering um, the changes of the rules. So there's been quite a few changes of the rules from the international refereeing um, body. I can't remember if it was last year or the year before we had some changes from the English refereeing body. Uh, but a couple of these we just need to kind of go through, I think. One is this one about substitution. So players must leave at the nearest point. So none of this running to the opposite side of the pitch. Yeah, um, to waste time. I think that's going to be quite interesting though, because I think all that's going to happen is players, if they want to waste time, they're just going to, they'll probably know they're coming off and they're just going to make their way to the middle of the pitch, even if they're yeah. in. So I think it'd be interesting to see that happening. But I think it's a positive move because it will stop yeah. that time wasting. Yep, um, definitely. I think all of them are pretty positive. There's only one thing that's a bit controversial for me. Um, so the next one is that free kicks, no attacking players in the wall. Um, attacking players just need to be at least one metre away, which I think is a good one, just that sort of stopping those um, kind of like... There's been some interesting ones where people create gaps, but it's just unnecessary and also delays the game, doesn't it, with players kind of... Um, being a bit petty in a wall. Yeah, I, I've always found that weird when the attacking players were in the wall. And I always remember kind of, I mean, this is showing my age now, but um, I, I was watching uh, the, the FA Cup final in 1991, Tottenham versus Nottingham Forest. And I always remember when they kind of went one nil up, Nottingham Forest, that is, um, they um, they kind of got into the Tottenham wall and they just pushed one of the players over and the ball kind of flew straight over into the net and you kind of didn't get penalised as a foul. So you do see that happen quite a bit. I, my point of reference there being 1991. Um, but, uh, but, you know, you do... Um, you do see that quite a bit so yeah I think that's kind of a positive move as well yep and then two more just to cover one is um, drop balls no longer competitive so that's for me it doesn't really change the game too much um, but then the controversial one for me is handball um, accidental handballs are deemed an offence um, by the international body but then interestingly the Premier League Referee Association said that they won't be viewing this rule the same um, so it's all about the natural shape and they they have a slight different interpretation. So I think this is one we just would have to watch out for and see how referees kind of handle this. <laughs> that's a pun there. Uh, handle this um, this change to handball. Um, and, you know, it's a bit like um, the Champions League final, um, which I thought was a bit unfair. I don't really think that was a penalty. Um, so for me, that's that's not, this is not a good move. No, and also I think, the Premier League refs are probably saying that because they've got VAR next season. Um, and I guess they can kind of refer it to VAR. Um, whereas we can't do that in the Football League, which kind of means football is probably not on a level playing field now. Um, but I just think yeah, it's going to be dodgy. I mean, it's, you know, you, you want you want to believe the rest, but sometimes there can be some dodgy decisions. So it will be interesting to see kind of um, how that one um, uh, works. Um, and I think the other one, so I don't know if you mentioned earlier about the um, uh, the penalty kicks, that the goalkeeper must have at least one foot on the line and, and not moving. Yeah, well, and you're not allowed to move along as well. Yeah, I missed I did, Yeah, I missed that one out. Good spot. Yeah, not allowed, and they're not allowed to move along as well. So that Grobelar type of, you know, Johnson around is no longer accepted yeah. anymore as well. So a few, a few tidying up, but nothing major apart from the handball, I'd say. No, I think, I, I mean, to be honest, I think the penalty kicks I've got an issue with because I think it's just making it even harder for goalkeepers to save penalties. And it's it's going to become more, you know, it, if a goalkeeper can't move and he's rooted to the spot, it's going to be harder to dive. Are they going to have to retake lots more penalties, which will be annoying because if you score the penalty and you have to retake it. So I kind of feel like that's a bit of a medal of the rules as well. So again, that'll be interesting to see how that was interpreted. And I could see kind of a lot more kind of, controversy this year um i think we'll probably see this more in the premier league with var which would be interesting but for the football league maybe not so but yeah no definitely be interesting to see what happens there yeah cool so yeah big introduction there but thought it was worth just covering off a few points and um yeah let's jump into the into the action and they drew 2-2 at millmore only a few days ago but here comes shrewsbury now with stevens great chance must jolly be a goal for taylor shrewsbury are back in it so, as everyone um, will know, Shrewsbury Town won, Ports of Nil, um, great start to the season. And yeah, really good in terms of attendance, obviously with Ports of bringing in a good away crowd. So the attendance was just short, um, 100 or so short of 8,000. 
and um, yeah, goal scored in the, in the second half by Giles um, on his debut, so that was fantastic. And yeah, you've brought um, a few stats to the party, Nathan. Yeah, so uh, the first stat I saw was quite interesting was that um, the visitors were looking for their first opening win away since 1988. Um, and believe it or not, that was actually at the Gay Meadow. So I don't know if there's some sort of symmetry there or something. Um, so, so that was quite interesting. And obviously we've only won one in the last eight opening games. And I think that was actually Paul Hurst game, wasn't it? The, the, the season two years ago. <laughs> So, yeah, know, Northampton, wasn't it? Yeah. The shot scored in the yeah. last 10 minutes or something. Yeah, yeah, God, yeah, right at the end. Yes, yeah. so I, I do, you know, and that, that, I remember coming away from that game feeling really positive as well, and we all see what happened that season. So, you know, it's uh, good opens maybe. Um, so, yeah, so that was just like, kind of interesting stats. Um, um, and there was also four Davidsons for Portsmouth. Um, and so quite interesting because obviously they had a really good season last year and, you know, reaching the playoffs. So the fact that, you know, they still got four Davidsons in their team to kind of strengthen them. And they play, they had two new boys on the bench as well, including um, once of uh, Shropshire, um, uh, James Bolton, who obviously left in the summer. Um, but... We had nine league debutants, so and we were just looking at the teams actually compared to kind of who the opening team was last season compared to this year. And you know, we had nine league de- uh, debutants for um, the game, but the actual starting 11 was completely different to the opening game last season. So it's mad kind of how much you know you, you get these new players come in and you know it's kind of keeping tabs. And you know, kind of if you were, if you didn't really come to Shrewsbury much, you'd be like, well, who are these players? Because it kind of you know um, all the changes. But so we, we've got the team selection from last season. Um, so I'll just read this out quickly. So um, we had uh, Coleman in goal, um, Bolton, Waterford, Beckles, and Haynes as, as a back four. Um, uh, Doherty, Loren, Norburn in midfield, Warley and Gilead on the wings, and Amadi Holloway up front. Um, so some of those names are kind of consigned to the history of Shrewsbury already. Um, and the actual team selection um, for yesterday is so we had O'Leary in goal, and then we kind of had like three central uh, defenders um, who were quite immense, but again, we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, so we had uh, Williams, Ebanks, Landall, and Pierre. Um, then we had our wing backs of um, Donald Love, I love his name, I want to call him Donny Love from now on, um, and Giles um, as the full backs. Um, and then um, Vanslow, Edwards, McCormick in um, kind of the central midfield positions. And then we had Faye and Morrison up front. So uh, slightly different kind of lineup to the, the beginning of last season, um, uh, kind of, you know, but, but you know, I, I think it, it, it well, it, it worked really well. But again, we'll come on to that in a bit. Yeah, I think it's it just shows, isn't it, that there's always a huge level of churn at this level, um, which I always find yeah. quite interesting when people are comparing stats to last year and talking about, especially those who don't really follow the, the, the leagues and, you know, those bigger bigger media organisations that use last season's league table as a kind of gauge for how teams are going to do well this the next season, considering that, you know, we've got a completely new team now and actually a new backroom yeah. staff as well, pretty much, apart from obviously Ricketts um, was, was obviously the manager at the end of last season. There's, a, you know, a huge change here. Yeah, it, it definitely feels like a fresh start for us. Um, and I guess you could say it did last year, but it, it really does this year. Um, and, and you're right, the way they churn these, these teams out. And, and if you think about two years ago when, you know, we were favourites for relegation, but again, that was just all based on the season before. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it feels very much like that sort of start again, because obviously Hurst had to kind of take over this kind of f- flailing ship, if you like, and, and, and kept us safe. And, and it kind of feels like Ricketts has kind of done the same thing. And, and now we're going into new season. So I think, as you say, you know, that, that whole kind of comparing to last season kind of really should just go out the window and it's a fresh start. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, we went into the game quite excited, first game back. And what was the atmosphere like at the Meadow? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was good for, for opening game of the season. I think this is obviously helped by, you know, Portsmouth basically selling out the away end. Um, I mean, they're always a great travelling support. Um, obviously I always go to the Prince of Wales pub beforehand and um, Ian who runs the pub was kind of telling us last week when I was at the Friendly that they've got like a, a northern or like a Midlands kind of Pompey um, supporters and they always they always call him and use the pub so there was quite a few kind of Pompey fans at the pub and, and in town earlier that day as well when I was in town um, and, and yeah it made for a really good atmosphere and you know we we probably weren't as, as vocal as we, we, we have been I think it's just the start of a new season not knowing what to expect but no it was a really good atmosphere although Though I will say now that that port, the bell that Portsmouth fans always ring does get quite irritating after a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I won't fancy sitting next to him for this no. season. Yeah, the game started. I was watching I follow you at the ground um, in the West Stand. Yeah. And it's fair to say that um, Pompey had quite a lot of pressure, a lot of possession um, and a huge number um, of corners at this spell. 
yeah, no, they did. I think, and I don't, I didn't really expect anything less because obviously Portsmouth were one of the favourites to go up, and you know, we're we're a bit more bit more of an unknown entity. Um, so you know, Portsmouth were on the front foot straight away. So yeah, I think that they had a lot of possession, not too many efforts. I think they had a good effort from the edge of the box, which went straight to um, O'Leary, which kind of came through a bit of a crowd. So that was a really good save from him. Um, and then another shot as well from the edge of the box, which went wide. But a lot of possession and a lot of pressure from Pompey, um, but didn't really break us down, which came a bit of a theme of the game. Um, Shrewdertown really struggled to get the ball ball out. And for me, it took a while for us to really kind of get the ball into their half. Uh, and we had a really good attempted through ball from Cormac, which nearly found Giles, who's obviously one of our outlets on the left came back to McCormick who crossed the ball and, and Faye headed over and yeah it took a while for us to get the first chance on goal yeah they definitely did I think they were I mean again I'll talk about this in a bit but they were trying to exploit our wing backs a bit because we had the back three um, and you know they were on the front foot but again they they were kind of lacking a bit in their kind of final ball um, and you know we, we I think it was just like anything we just had to hold off that early pressure and then suddenly get like our foot in the game which you know we, we did start to do also, one of the things about this team is obviously we've got some leaders, we've got some experience, but also we've got an experienced striker, which is we haven't really. I can't really remember an experienced striker being in the in the team um, like Morrison. And Morrison brings a lot to the team, probably on and off, but uh, basically a long punt forward from O'Leary. Uh, Morrison takes the ball, using his strength and kind of experience to kind of use his body to get the ball free, and had a shot over the box, which you know was for me is a good effort and you know something that he worked he worked a shot out of nothing, which I think is encouraging. Yeah, it was very encouraging. I think that really got the crowd, especially everyone around me, kind of going. And we thought, hang on a sec, you know, the, the, we could eke out some chances here. But it was so well taken. He kind of just say exploited that one error. And the way he kind of teed it up for himself to have that shot, I mean, it would have been a cracking goal. Um, and it, it was just quite impressive. And, and I mean, again, I'll probably talk about this in a bit, but I really do like the the look of Morrison. He get, you know, okay, he's going to be 36. I mean, he looks older than 36. I'm 36. He looks older than me. But, he, um, you know, he... he I think he's going to be a really useful signing and he's kind of like one of these kind of old school strikers and he'll kind of bully you off the ball and I don't think he's going to score much but I think he's going to be a really useful player up front. Yeah, hopefully, maybe, hopefully get, if we get the balls into the box and give him an opportunity, I'm sure he'll be you know, a calm, composed finisher. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I think you know that kind of goal he scored, the assist for FaZe, hopefully what we'll get yeah. from him and also obviously an out ball as well because while we want to see passing football, we will have some out balls um, as well. So that's going to be important. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, kind of ending the half, there was a couple of yellow cards for Pompey, which um, well, for me was a bit strange, and also one unnecessary lunge and kind of like kick at, at Ebanks where he went down and the referee got crowded by Shrewsbury Town players. And I think we kind of kind of earned him a yellow through kind of a bit of pressure there. I don't know what your view of that moment was. Uh, yeah, no, it kind of happened down on the right. And it was quite... Um, Pompey were quite aggressive. I, I, you could probably say we were as well. It was quite a physical half. Um, and there was kind of lots of kind of, you know, like pushing and shoving off the ball. And I don't know if it's just start the season or I, I think Pompey were getting a bit frustrated that they couldn't get past our defence. Um, and I think that we were just frustrating at that point and, and hence the, the unnecessary lunge. So I think in a weird way that was quite positive. I mean, it was positive because they got the yellow card. But I think, you know, it, it, the fact that they were kind of resorting to that sort of play um, kind of showed that we were starting to kind of not get on top, but starting to defensively control the game if that makes sense it's interesting for me yeah the kind of mental side of the game that they were getting a bit frustrated yeah. and that's again one of the things watching an eye follow that didn't really come across um obviously also like watching there's a couple of yellow cards which seem to come out of the blue but yeah it's that that's the kind of the bit that you kind of miss when you're yeah when obviously you're um watching on i follow so for me it was an interesting tactical battle and for me one of the, the big kind of downsides of, of playing wing backs is potentially you get your wing backs penned back, yeah. which happened. So Pompey were playing a four, two, three, one, and effectively for me what I saw, and you can kind of yeah, back this up or or disagree with me and Nathan, that essentially they were using their wingers to pin back our full backs, and then their number ten was sitting on on, on Vancelot, who basically then struggled to kind of get the ball out, and we really struggled to get the ball out. But yeah, was that something? Did you see the scene that scene that same kind of tactical moves as yeah, well? Yeah, no, definitely. I think we we did struggle a bit in midfield. Um, as you say, we just could not get keep possession at all. Um, it was just very much kind of defensively sound. And I think, to be honest, I think that's all we needed to do was just survive the first half. I think at this point, everyone in the crowd was just thinking, like, we're just going to get a draw out of this. Or, you know, it would be nice to get a draw out of this, should I say. Um, but again, I, I, Ports have never really threatened and kind of... Um, we, O'Leary didn't have much to do. 
So I no. do you know what I mean. So it's kind of it was it was an odd one, but I wasn't unhappy if that makes sense. Um, so even though we were struggling to get the ball and kind of keep the possession, it it wasn't like our defence was struggling. If that makes sense. So, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, we were just struggling maybe offensively, but yeah, we were definitely in the game. Yeah. And yeah, I was pleased at half time and quite encouraged. Uh, by how we performed and um, what was the kind of atmosphere in the ground was that quite similar then yeah it was I think everyone kind of down uh, no one was I mean I've been there was some games last season where everyone was like oh god what's going on but today you know um, yesterday everyone was I'd say positives I guess positive in a way but I think again if you think of the opposition we're playing Portsmouth it's kind of we were underdogs going into that game and I don't think yeah. anyone really thought we were going to kind of get anything other than a draw out of the game at best yeah. so I think everyone was kind of quietly happy at half time I know I certainly was and and there wasn't anything to really be downhearted about that. Um. so yeah second half Um. so there's a Bit of work for O'Leary here, where there was like a half cross, half shot, which he kind of parried away. Yeah, that was quite interesting. Yeah, no, it kind of kind of skimmed across the goal, and he kind of yeah palmed it away. I think it was his right hand, and uh, it, it was it was kind of well seen because again he didn't have much to do, and, and there was a couple of times in the game where there was kind of pot shots at him where he had to be alert. So he looked alert, and um, it it feels. Again, I feel quite confident with him in goal already, and I've only seen him twice. Yeah. Um, but what was his distribution like? Uh, well. A couple of times when he did get out, there was one, uh, I think we've got it in, in a bit, but there was one kind of throw out that he kind of um, uh, threw it out down the right when there was space and it was a cracking throw. And I can't remember who it was he got onto the end of the ball, but we worked this kind of nice move and ended up with Edwards and fl- switching it over onto the left. Um, and then um, and then we kind of, Giles got across in and it was... Um, it was a lovely move. It looked like it kind of been done on the um, uh, the training ground. And I think it was, well, I think later on, you know, I think it's quoted Rickett saying about kind of doing these moves on the training ground, like working to templates. And it felt very much like a kind of a template move, but not in like yeah. a really kind of structured, this is what we're doing way. It just flowed really nicely. And I remember thinking, again, we all like the... Um, uh, Pete who I sit next to you know we kind of looked at each other and go that was a cracking move we'd scored then and I think the cross came in and we didn't score from it but that all came from O'Leary so I think he's got the potential to be quite a good kind of distributor there that's positive and then there was a like a, a call or a shout from the Pompey fans for a penalty and watching it I thought potentially that was a pen yeah I think it was kind of going back to that it was still quite physical in some places and it was quite a rash challenge, and I remember thinking, "Oh my god, that's going to be a penalty." So I'm not quite sure how that wasn't given. Again, it might be in the angle I was at. I was kind of I'm in the west stand; and it was off to my left, but it he could have got the ball. I probably need to watch it back again. But from where I sat, it did look like it was a penalty, so we might have got away with that one. Yeah, I think we did. Um, and then um, yeah, McCormick came off, um, and Laurent um, came on, um, and I thought he had a really good impact. What was your kind of view of his performance? Yeah, it was great. Um, it's funny, I almost forgot about Loren. I feel bad saying that, but kind of last week, um, I don't think he played in the friendly last week. And then when I kind of saw him, he was on the bench. I was like, oh, great, Loren's back. And because obviously he's been injured and he kind of came on. And as soon as he came on, we just he just started running and like kind yeah. of running at the defence. And I, that's what we'd kind of lacked. I think before then, we'd been doing a lot of kind of sideways passing, which... Again, I think it goes back to that. We were struggling to keep possession. So when we did, we're like, okay, uh, pass the side, pass the side, where he was just a bit more threatening. So I think I think it's pretty much his like, first touch was like kind of run and he kind of ran towards them. So it was a really kind of positive impact. And again, I think, you know, at the start you were saying, you know, we might be a midfielder missing, but if he can kind of show that sort of form and kind of get back to how we know he can play, because he kind of did similar last season when he came yeah. on sub, then I think, you know, that could be a signing again in itself. Yeah, I think if you think of if Edwards stays fit, you're Norburn and Laurent, that's mm. quite a, an interesting dynamic yeah, field. Yeah. I think one of the frustrations that people had last season was that Laurent was almost being forced to kind of get into the box and try and score, which I don't necessarily think is his, is his forte. No. That might be proved wrong in time. He's only young. Yeah. Um, and I remember Blackpool away, he missed quite a few chances. But for me, you know, his, if he's got two strikers in front of him, he's not going to... He's, you know, it's, it's unlikely he's going to be doing those kind of getting to those kind of positions. And I think bursting forward and maybe trying to play through balls and passes with strikers, maybe we can get to see much more uh, an effective Laurent in the final in the final third. Yeah, definitely. I think also just quite nice to get him to have a run in the team because he was kind of in and out of the team last season. And, you know, he'd play a few games and he'd come out. So you can see he's probably kind of sort of like a confidence player. So I think, if, you know, if we started kind of really 
backing him and the manager backed him, you could see him making a real impact. And I think he could be, again, you know, like I said just now, almost like a new signing. So I'm quite excited. It's, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because we saw him last season. But yeah, it just the way he came on, you're like, hang on a sec, this is good. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be one to watch. And then there was a talking of ones to watch. Um, Shruja Tang got a free kick. Yep. In not really a dangerous area, just kind of area where you just kind of pump the ball into the box. So Wally had the ball. And then he sees that young um, Giles is free. So he just passes the ball to him. And then what does Giles do? <laughs> well, Giles absolutely smashes it into the top <laughs> corner. Now, this was, I was, when I watched Wardy do it, I was like, oh, for God's sake, what are you doing? Just pass it off to the left. I mean, what little do I know about football, you know? And it was just because it was such like a weak part. And I was like, it was almost like he wasn't ready for it. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, I've got the ball. Took one touch. And then just, I mean, it was a sublime finish. And, and as soon as he kind of left his foot, you kind of just expected the goal net to ripple, and it did. And I think everyone was just in shock. I was out of my seat, and it was just it was such a good goal. I think that's the best goal I've seen at the Meadow. Um, it was just, I think, just because it came out of the blue. And I think it really did need something special like that for the game to kind of change. So, yeah, no, it's a great goal. Yeah, and I'm going to play in now a bit of audio of the crowd's um, reaction to that. Um, because surprise is definitely comes across on the audio. So here, <laughs> you'll probably hear me sitting like going, "Oh my work is yeah, it was great." So here's the audio of of, of Shooter Town scoring that goal. <laughs> so one of the things I thought was really funny at this is actually where um, Giles ends up after celebrating. He's so fast, he ends up in block two, <laughs> and he really reached Roshan's with him at first. And yeah, it just shows how um, how happy and how surprised he was to have scored that goal. Yeah, I wrote that down actually, like prepping for this pod, that it, I loved it. Like the way he just peeled off and just kept running. And it's like he just couldn't believe he'd scored such a cracker. And kind of on his league debut as well for the town. Um, and, you know, he's a local lad as well. You know, 19 years old to do that on your debut. Um, was just wonderful. And it's just so good to see that sort of passion, the way he kind of reeled off and celebrated. And, you know, it kind of gets everyone else going. It kind of shows that he really cares. So, yeah, that was a wonderful moment. Yeah, and it's really nice to see. You know, you can always read, you can read too much, but you can also, you know, I think it's always interesting how players react and all the players were well chuffed for him. So that was good. And all the players celebrated together. So so that was, that was positive as well. Um, and then from I was by this point I had to get on the coach and I was listening on 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 the, on the radio and it was it sounded quite tense um, and yeah I just got the impression that essentially that we were basically defending and watching highlights back it seemed to me as well that we were basically effectively defending for quite a lot of the rest of the game. Yeah, we were. Now it's funny that I wasn't actually that nervous only until kind of the injury time, which we'll, we'll talk about in a minute, but. Up until that point, again, we just looked comfortable. It was like those three, the back, the, you know, um, the back three that we had. It was kind of like they were born to defend for Shrewsbury Town. It was just wonderful, and we, they, they were. I mean, we expected them to kind of start challenging, and but they, they didn't. I mean, I'd say they only put a foot wrong once, but no, they, they kind of we, we stood firm. So even though it was kind of they're all over us, it again they just lacked that final ball. And yeah, strikers and, and players seemed a little bit you know, kind of, yeah, potentially a little bit of a, you know, pre-season, not pre-season, obviously first game season field to it in their kind of attacking intent, um, which yes, we'll come yeah, on to definitely. in a second. And yeah, um, before we come and talk about Portsmouth, there was a decent effort from Marquis, who's obviously a big signing for them. Um, and then there was that amazing, amazing block from Ebanks Landall off the line. That was unbelievable. Yeah, I imagine so there was quite a good reaction to that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I think the angle was that it was just. I thought it was in, and I think that's what I was saying about just now about that error. It was like that was probably the only time where we really switched off, and I think they were kind of just. Uh, I think it was from a throw in or the free kick down the right, and they um, it, it, we, they just kind of, we just weren't we, we were just caught napping, and they kind of got in behind us, and I mean I I. I, I still think the goal's in, like the ball's in now. I'm not quite sure how he saved it, but yeah, that kind of got everyone. Yeah. It was like scoring a goal, really. Yeah, it it's good. I always love to see when the goalkeepers and everyone congratulate a defender um, on a good piece of work. So that was great. Yeah. Um, then obviously Pompey made things a bit more difficult for themselves. Um, so second yellow card um, for a stamp on Love. Um, and I watched this back a few times. It was quite a nasty challenge. Yeah, it just, I think at this point they were just, 
again, I talked about it in the first half. They were getting a bit frustrated. And again, I think they were getting frustrated because they knew they kind of had to score to get back into the game and they just weren't getting anywhere. And, you know, this happened down, you know, that down in our, you know, we were defending. We were just kind of, he just kind of came in and it was just a very rash challenge and straight away, second yellow and you're off, um, which again, you know, didn't make the game um, any easier for them. But obviously by this point, we're all celebrating because again, it was like going 3-0 up at that point because, you know, 2-0 would have been the clearance off the line and this was like being 3-0 up. So yeah, no, it was great. Yeah, so that was that was positive. Unfortunately, um, Issa came on, but he had to go off because he had the ball into his face. Um, which was really a shame for him because that also meant that we were one for the player because potentially he was going to suffer from concussion. Uh, so it was probably right for the team to take him off. But also then we had 10 men as well um, and we had to have cover this 10 men in what was saved quite a long piece of extra time. Yeah, so the um, third official, he put six minutes up and this was literally around the time that Issa had come on and then got smacked in the face. Um, and he was down for quite a while and the six minutes came up and you're like already going, where did he get the six minutes from? Um, and then, so he was down and then he kind of went off and and then it looked like he was going to come back on, but then he didn't and he kind of went down the, the dressing. So obviously I think, you know, in this day and age, you don't like them to come on even if they are all right just because of concussion and things like that. But at this point, we then had, I think it turned out to be about nine minutes of injury time. Now, obviously there was the six anyway, but he was probably down for a couple more minutes. So I, I, I didn't, obviously they stopped the clock at 90 minutes and you can't tell when you're in the ground. But I would say there was probably a good nine minutes of injury time and it was 10 v 10. So at this point, this almost gave them um, Portsmouth a second impetus to start kind of. And then this is when I got nervous. I thought we're, all this hard work we've done in this game, they're going to they're gonna equalise now. That's um, just been a huge return fan. I think it's just been a Yeah, I know. Well, we've seen it happen so many times before, haven't we? And I actually thought, I don't want to, I, mean, I didn't want to say at the time, but I actually honestly thought if they score now, they're going to get two and we're going to lose this 2-1. <laughs> but, you know, luckily, luckily we didn't. Yeah, luckily we didn't. Um, so um, I put a question out on Twitter and just to kind of, if anyone had any questions and um, Mark Lynch um, kind of, more than we kind of in a discussion kind of made us kind of a statement and he thought that we're, we're very defensive um, a bit tight and cautious um, and also he's basically a bit concerned about the lack of chances he created um, do you th- are you concerned is that a concern that you have after this game or as you've alluded to earlier was it just the fact that we're playing Portsmouth you thought this was that was a, a fine tactic to play for this game I maybe it's the the positive in me um, that I think it was just because we played Portsmouth. I know what he means because we didn't create loads, and it meant it took a wonder goal for us to win that game. Um, but then at the end of the day, as I say, we're playing Portsmouth. They are better than us. You know, they almost went up last season and um, favourites for promotion. We had nine new starters. They only had you know um, what was that? I said four. So it it's kind of. I can see where he's coming from. And I think if we start playing like that every week, then I'd get worried. But I would like to see, you know, if we're playing a team that's kind of more our level, I think we could probably cause him a bit more a bit more trouble, um, especially as you talk about Loren and players like that, you know, and, and Norbert, who's due to come back. I think, you know, maybe we get a foothold in midfield. So um, I think it's too early to say that, but I can see where he's coming from. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see. But I think you can only beat the team in front of you. And we did everything perfectly right. And, you know, hats off to Ricketts. He, he kind of, he got his tactics right and, you know, these defenders he brought in, I mean, they were just brilliant and if they could defend like that every week, not many teams are going to score past us. Yeah, and, and that's... So, yeah, I think in defence of probably the team and the manager and kind of where we are, I think it's, you know, I would have expected, but I obviously have no idea that imagine defending was probably a big part of, like, pre-season, um, building this structure together with these three new central defenders and building a you know a defensive position, defensive strength to work on and a foundation to build on, um, and I think scoring goals and building play and building relationships in attacking is probably more difficult to achieve. It's probably is going to take a bit longer. Yeah. Um, so I'm not too concerned that we started with a really solid defensive foundation and um, and this has been a focus for us. I think you know if you if you don't concede. Um, you've always got a really good chance of winning yeah, a game. Exactly. And I think, you know, again, we've got nine new players. They've, okay, they've probably had a really kind of uh, a, a hard pre-season. I think Ricketts was very keen to get them fit after, especially what he said about last year, the team that like, he inherited. Um, but for nine new starters to play like that against a team that's favourite to go up, I mean, it, uh, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but, you know, it's it's, it's exciting times. 
Yeah. No, and I think if you know if you're a neutral, um, I think you people are going to look at that result and go, "Oh, that's interesting." Mm. Um, um, so yeah, I imagine it would be funny if um, if the bookies have reacted to that um, yeah. in the, in kind of the odds. Um, and another one, just final question for you before we talk about um, for about talk about Pompey. Um, did we make any kind of tactical tweaks? Because obviously in the first half we struggled to get the ball out, and we couldn't. You know, the wing wing backs weren't an outlet, and 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 Van Slot wasn't was an an outlet either. Did we make any kind of tactical changes at half time? You know, you saw. Um, no, I think it was more when Loren came on, and we we just tried to get a bit more of a foothold and kind of take it to to, to Portsmouth, if that makes sense. So um, I'd say that was kind of like the the biggest change that kind of um, uh, he he did. Um, we were just trying a bit more positive. Um, yeah. but I, I think he seemed to have faith in his defence that they would kind of see them out and kind of rightly so um, so yeah no I, I think that was probably like the, the, key, the key change that he did but he seemed pretty confident in what he wanted those players to do yeah, I think how we manage possession and get the ball yeah. out from the back and move forward, I think is something we're going to have to probably something to keep an eye yeah, out on. Exactly. Cool. So, what did you think of Portsmouth? Um, how did they play? I see. I they they didn't play badly to be honest. I, you know, I can see why they are favourites to go up. Um, they they tactically again they kind of got it right. You know, they they looked to exploit the wide areas and and took take advantage of us playing three at the back. Um, and our win backs, you know, were pinned down straight away. Um, I think again, like I said, kind of throughout the podcast, it was just their final ball. Um, I, I just think they that their crosses were always won by us, um, and they just, I think they, as I say, and they got frustrated. Um, again, this might be because it was the first game of the season and they need to work on that, just like we need to work on ours. Um, but you know, they had plenty of possession. Um, I think defensively they were pretty sound. Again, we didn't really trouble them and it took a wonder goal. So I think, you know, again, they'll probably have a really good kind of defensive season. I think they'll kind of be up there um, with, with like you know, the big boys at the top and hopefully us. Um, uh, and I, I think standout players for me were um, Burgess, a centre-back. Again, he didn't really put a foot wrong. Um, so, you know, he, again, we couldn't really get past their defence. Um, and I think Gareth Evans, who was kind of threatening down both wings in the first half, and, you know, he was struggling a bit, um, but he was just starting to make an impact in the second half, and then he was subbed in the 52nd minute. Um, so I think, you know, those two players kind of were probably their best two. Um, their new signing up front, I don't know, is it Marky or Marcus? I'm not quite sure how you say it. Um, mm-hmm. Their new signing from Doncaster as well. Again, he didn't have much luck coming up against our kind of colossal defenders, but... Um, you can see him in the goals this season and I think he'll probably be kind of, I, I think Ports would be there or thereabouts. Um, and obviously old James Bolton came on in the um, second half um, and, you know, he did what we know James Bolton can do. But again, it's quite nice to get a win over him after he's left us. So, you know, that was nice to see. Yeah, it's refreshing for a, a former player not to score against us. Yes, exactly. Um, that was what I was worried when he came on. I was like, here we go. But no, no, it was uh, it, that wasn't in the script yesterday. So that was nice to see. Um, so um, moving on to kind of our top three. So for me, I went for Ebanks, Landall, um, Giles and Pierre. I had to put Giles in there just because of the strike and it's his debut. And I thought he did all right. Um, and who did you go for? So I, I feel bad for leaving Giles out because it was just a wonder goal and he kind of deserves man of the match just for that. But I've just gone for our back three because and I don't think many people argue with that. I think they were just amazing. Um, um, so, yeah, I've, I'm, I'm in no particular order. I've gone for Ebanks Landall first just because of his clearance off the line. <laughs> and I've got Pierre and Williams. But literally, you could you could interchange those in any order. I think they were immense yesterday. And I think if they continue to play like that throughout the season, then this could be the def- best defence we have had in years. Um, I sound I sound quite excited, but I, I, I just, I'm probably getting a, a carried away with myself now. Um, but, you know, it was, yeah, it, it was very good to see. Yeah, considering how shambolic we were in defence. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm not surprised you're, you're pleased to see a strong defence because it was just quite frustrating at times, wasn't it, last season? Um, I think kudos to Ricketts as well because he could obviously see that's where we're struggling. I know we could all see it, but... Sometimes managers don't act on those things. It's like, oh, it's okay, you know, I'll keep playing Waterfall because that's what we did last season. He's good in the air. But for him to kind of get these players in, to kind of, you know, play alongside Williams, who I kind of feel like it was almost like the bedrock of that defence now. Um, you know, kudos to him. I think he, he really reacted well and he, he's pulled off some good signings there. So, yeah, yeah, hats off to him. Yeah, that's interesting. There's a tweet I put out yes at the end of the game because you know just kind of thanking and just basically saying that the management team can enjoy a well earned kind of you know glass of wine or whatever this evening mm. that kind of cliche and because you know they've worked all really hard through pre season um, you know I don't think it's, think it's fair to say that Ricketts is pulling no punches 
I mean, in terms of, you know, sentimentality, Sadler's gone, Grant has gone, you know, he's, he's building a new team in his image. Um, and that's what you've got to be in football, isn't it? You've got to be quite ruthless. Yeah. Um, and they, he's certainly done that. And he's kind of, yeah, you know, this is a completely new team, in a completely new formation. Um, I don't think you can really even talk about the tactics and style that we had last season. A bit like Paul Hurst, you know, he mm. came in, didn't he? Went back, went, kept it simple um, in his half a season that he had. Um, and now, obviously, Ricketts has had the summer to implement his ideas, which are obviously only going to grow um, as we go through um, through the next few weeks and months. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, you tell you right, I feel like this is a Ricketts team, and last season it wasn't a Ricketts team, it was just a team to survive. And I think some people got a bit blinded to that fact, especially when you, know, you get some people saying, you know, Ricketts out because we hadn't won a game in so many games. And, you know, ultimately... I think, didn't he get more points than Hurst got in his, when he came in to rescue us? So, you know, in that season. So, you know, I'm starting to see some parallels here and I feel it really feel, well, again, as I've said before, you know, I'm quite excited. Cool, cool. So um, so talking of, of excitement, um, I've put the three-word match report on. I don't think we've ever had this many, res- I've had this many <laughs> responses to it. We had nearly 150. Oh, wow. um, so it just kind of shows how exciting people were. So I'm um, just sharing a few. Um, we've got um, Tim Lawrence saying defence much improved. Um, Peter Kindness, what a goal. Russell Bryan, hard-fought win. Um, Kevin Webb, awesome back three. Alison Harvey, exciting season ahead. And um, I did tell Holly this, but Holly Fitzgerald said, put Giles brings smiles, which is definitely going to be the title yeah, of this podcast. Brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> love it. So, yeah, um, everyone was pretty chuffed. And you know what? It's funny. I was chatting to a Luton fan on Twitter and he was saying one of the things he's, you know, he's, he's enjoyed the last few years where they keep winning games. Um, and I replied saying, yeah, you know, what's that season under Hurst? Just the, the sheer joy of leaving the ground yeah. um, with that win. So I imagine everyone was pretty chuffed as they kind of walked down the Otley Road and were at the back of Sainsbury's. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. I think we had a few ports with fans on the on the, on the coach and you know, they got a bit of a jit from some of the, 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 the Salop fans. But uh, it was in good spirits. But yeah, no, everyone had smart. Everyone was positive and I, I can't remember the last time I felt like that walking out the ground. Um, definitely not last season. Even if we did, you know, the odd win last season. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's the it's the most well since the Hurst season. I'd say that's the most positive I felt coming out of the ground, and and I sense that with everyone else as well. Cool. So what did Ricketts have to say? So he said the win is excellent, a perfect start, a lot of work to improve on, but a lot of effort and the bodies on the line. A goal from training ground? No, I was expecting a cross in the box. Um, and then he links. Then he talked about how he, you know, creates a template, but he wants the players to express themselves, and they have the freedom to do that. So that was great. On Giles, he said, you know, he's got to prove his talent, but he's got something special. Um, on the clean sheet, he said that's the most most pleasing aspect for him after winning the game. Um, lots of work to do, but a really good start. Uh, and then, very interestingly, on Luke Waterfall, he said, Luke and I had Luke and I had an honest conversation. I cannot guarantee him first team football. Um, and there has been a bit of interest. So, yeah, I think people, you know, people were quite pleased, you know, win a game and then also hear that, you no, know, it hasn't really worked for Waterfall at Shrewsbury. Um, last season was pretty poor with his lack of pace and giving away penalties and all that kind of stuff. It was this time last year, me and you were discussing the Burton game where he gave away a pen. Um, and I think he just needs a fresh start, doesn't he? He does need a fresh start. I've I've got a bit of a soft spot for Waterfall, and 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 like you know, I'm, I'm not saying I want him to start or anything, but I thought last season he got a bit of flack, and uh, he he did come back a couple of times, and he did put a string of good performances in, but then he was always, scored a couple of good important goals. He as did, well, you know, he was one, you know, he was he was he was a goal scoring defender. It was great, but he he just he's just prone to his errors and mistakes and I think with the team going forward and, and those back three you cannot see him getting in that team with those back three um, he might be a useful sub but he's probably not going to want to sit on the bench so you know best of luck to the guy I don't you know I really hope he does well wherever he goes um, if he does leave um, um, but yeah no it's interesting to see what happens there um, but but you know I think you know he got a bit of flack but you know he didn't do that bad yeah, I think the thing that's the things about these things, isn't it? You should, like you talk about Luke Wolf on his performances. It's in the context he was in a crap team. Now he was obviously part of that crap team. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's um. But anyway, it's last season, so we it can is. move on. Let's from forget that. about last season. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, um, so we don't always do player comments, but Ryan Giles, um, you've got to think kind of cover what he had to say. Um, he seems like such a nice lad, um, and he's got a massive smile, and he's just seemed absolutely ecstatic. Um, so he said, I can't explain the goal. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. You know, and he also very quickly went to talk about the, the team. He's very much wanted to talk about the team. 
Um, and then talking about the goal again, I said he said he didn't realise how far he was out. Mm. Um, and he got the space and he just thought he'd have a go. Um, and he said basically he heard the, his fellow players, the other, his other shooter town players, to shout at him to shoot, which is quite fun. Um, and he's interesting actually, a really interesting comment from him, um, which I thought was quite fascinating, that it was a game of second balls. Um, which I thought was quite interesting, you know, a player of his age would, you know, talk about mm. that kind of style and that kind of tactic and that kind of element of the game. Um, and you said, you know, they were trying to get players behind us and playing lots of long balls, which mm. I thought was quite interesting for a player of his age in his, you know, his first professional um, um, debut in the Football League. He's talking to Shropshire um, Radio and Star about second balls and styles of play, which I thought was quite quite interesting. Yeah, he does. He, does, he has, seems to have his head screwed on. I mean, he looks so young, like watching him in the interview is like, Christ, he, he looks like he should still be in school. <laughs> <laughs> but um but I mean he just seems like such a lovely lad and I mean I sound really old saying that but he does and he you know it, it was just so nice to see he looked so happy and you know and he wasn't he was kind of like oh yeah I didn't realize how far out it was it's just so like you know it's great but I think he's gonna be a cracking player um I don't think you know starting off he you know he was under a lot of pressure at the start of the game again when they were getting pinned back the win backs but to score a goal like that and I think I think he's only going to get better this season. So, yeah, no, re- really exciting. No, it's, a, it's an encouraging start for him and an encouraging start for Shrewsbury. So, first game, three points. Can't really ask for more than that. No, not at all. I, I mean, I think we should probably rename this pop. I'm excited because I've, I've used that word so many times. <laughs> I need to rein it in a bit, but no, no, very good stuff. Cool. Cool. So, yeah, we'll leave the game now, there now, and um, we will talk a little bit about kind of looking at the season ahead um, and some salad predictions. So, Salad Predictions. So, we've asked for um, predictions from um, Shrewsbury Town fans on Twitter, the Salad um, Facebook page, and Instagram. Um, so, I've kind of tried to collect, um, you know, get, try and get as many names and different all the different people's names on the podcast have given their opinion and their predictions. So, we're going to go through a few things. Um, and then obviously, then what we can do at the end of the season, we can see who was who was closest um, in terms of answering the questions. So the first one is quite simple. Where do we think Salah will finish? So I went for ninth. Um, and where did, what did you go for, Nick? Um, so I've gone one better than you. I've gone eighth. Um, again, I've, I'm probably being a bit too positive here, but I'd like to think that we'll have uh, we'll just kind of well, we won't miss out on the playoffs, but it will kind of get to the end of the season. It was like oh, you know, a few points off. Um, kind of their, um, a playoff uh, position. So um, probably a bit too optimistic there, but you never know. Um, and uh, I think uh, also Glynn has gone through uh, 11th. Oh, cool. So yeah, Glynn's gone for a mid-table kind of finish as well. And so in terms of other, um, so Tom Griff has gone for 14th, Kieran Gregory 10th, uh, Martin Wall with an optimistic 6th, um, US fans, um, uh, Shrews fans USA on Twitter went for 14th and Chris Dare went for 11th. Um, it's worth interesting to mention that I've tweeted a few times the predictions from like the Football League experts. Um, some people had us, you know, as high as sixth as well as Martin did. Mm. Um, so, so Gabriel Sutton from the Football Lab will put us up there. Um, Berry in Exile, who's more of an independent kind of writer now, put us as low as 18th. So that's <laughs> one for maybe to pin on the wall for, yeah. for the manager. Uh, but most people have us kind of 10th or 12th. Which I thought was quite interesting. For me, this seems to be much better coverage at this level. So, you know, you're getting... And even The Guardian was saying that we'd be kind of, you know, mid-table, maybe pushing on the playoffs. Which for me, I think is quite interesting. I think there's, you know, a lot of more independent guys and a lot more fans kind of creating their own media. Which I think means that the the bigger bigger media outlets have either got to ignore the Premier League... Sorry, ignore the Football League. Yeah. Or if they do, have someone, at least have someone who knows what they're talking about. Yeah, I... I... I was looking at 442 magazine as well and I think they had us to finish 11th but their writer was pretty decent about us and it did take into consideration that it was kind of Ricketts you know first proper season in charge and stuff so it, it wasn't it's moving away from the old cliches like well you know they almost got relegated last season so they're probably going to go down so yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting to see and now, sometimes it used to seem like the intern had done it. It was their job yes. to do the the league one and um, league two pre um, um, pre season predictions. So, so that was that was quite fun. So, um, yeah. So the next one we've gone for is who will be the lo- the top league scorer for Shrewsbury. Um, so I went for Ockenabiri. Um, so did Glynn, but you went for a different player. Yeah, I've actually gone for Norburn. Um, I I just feel like with. I don't, Faye, I mean, we didn't actually talk much about Faye during the thing. No. And that kind of shows kind of, he, he had a bit of a quiet game yesterday. Um, and, uh, you know, he brought Wally on for, you know, um, he brought Wally on for him. 
Um, and I was thinking about going for Wally because I think Wally's going to play more up front, but I can just see Norbin. I feel like he'd just kind of be that kind of goal scorer from midfield, especially if you've got someone like Morrison who's going to kind of be kind of... Um, you know, and the penalty duty as well. Exactly, yeah. And and I'm, you know, maybe I'm being a bit negative here, and I've been positive throughout the rest. But around how we're going to be scoring goals and stuff. But I just got a funny feeling that Norman's going to kind of be getting in the goals this year. And I think it kind of goes around that. I feel like Ricketts wants to build his team around Norman, and I think that kind of goes back to you know him signing the the extended contract that you know in summer. So I feel like I feel like he's going to have more of a role to play. So yeah, I could see him being our top goal scorer. So, um, yeah, a couple of other fans agreed with us all. So, Mr. E on, on Twitter went for Norburn as well. Um, but majority of people went for Okinabiri. Um So, Jack Forrester, um, Proud Silopians, and Callum, not Callum. Uh, sounds funny, but yeah, he's, he's, he's Callum with an L, with one L, not two. Um, so, that's why he has that name. And we all went for Okinabiri as well, which, you know, not surprising considering how many goals he scored last season. So, next one question is, how many games will Dave Edwards play? So, what did you go for, Nave? Um, so I've, I've I've gone for thirty, um, but I'm not necessarily saying that's thirty starts. Um, but I I mean you know he he's got through a few games now, um, and he had an okay game yesterday. It wasn't the best, but again I think that just kind of goes through that midfield was kind of largely bypassed and, um, uh, but he kind of faded out. But he I I could see him being involved in most games just because he's got that experience head. So even if he's not starting to have someone like that to come on and kind of shore up the game towards the end. So so I'm saying 30, and that's not necessarily 30 starts, but I'm saying about 30 games. Cool. So I went for 30 as well. Um, Glyn went for 25, and Glyn thinks he's going to miss a few months with some niggle, niggle injury of some kind. <laughs> and hopefully he won't no get sent negative. off either. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, so um, so um, DJ Salopio went for 28. Will Smith went for four. He doesn't obviously think he's going to play too much or he's going to get injured. Um, so Tom Farm went for 32, A.G. Morley with 30, and Mark Ball with 10. So quite a range there. Um, I think everyone wants to kind of see Edwards play, um, but there's a bit of concern that he he might not be able to last the whole season. So we'll have to watch that one. Um, yeah. Next question was, who will win League One? Who will come second and who will win the playoffs? Um, so um, I just realised I haven't actually put down my predictions because I wasn't really sure. <laughs> for me, I think Portsmouth no. to win the league for me is, is, a, is a banker. Um, and then the team to kind of maybe come second. Um, I really, really don't know. Um, I'm really, really unsure. Um, there's a lot of big names um, in the league, um, and it's just I've just got absolutely no idea. I think it's going to be it's going to be a very interesting season. So Pompey to win. Um, I've got this feeling that um, that Rotherham are going to come up and come um, come up through the playoffs again. Um, so, but that means I'm really struggling for who's going to come second, and I think there's just so many teams that are potentially are going to put a put a run on because I don't think the quality there. You know, we had a famous season when we had Blackburn and Wigan. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there were two yeah. clubs, kind of you know, in a positive mind sense in terms of while they got relegated, they came down with you know a good group of Championship players, and in you know obviously Blackburn got Dak, and you know Wigan, you know had had some good players. But the teams are coming down this season. Ipswich, I was going to put Ipswich to go up, but I saw this article um, with a, basically an interview with or a press conference with with Lambert, who basically says that we're an absolute shambles and he's got no money to spend. <laughs> oh no! And Sunderland yeah. fans are really concerned about their manager and the fact that they, you know, they're having to still trim the budget from all the debt they've got. And then, then you got other. Then there isn't really that many you know, huge teams in the league. So I don't know. It's a bit of a funny one. I've spoken for a lot there, but yeah, it's quite difficult. So who did you go for? Well, <laughs> off the back of that, saying about those teams, I've actually gone for Sunderland and Ipswich to get promoted, yeah. and I've got the Portsmouth in the playoffs. But I mean, I think you're right. I mean, who knows? We could go up for all we know. Um, but I, I, I just feel like they are the, the biggest teams. I think Rotherham's a good shout as well to kind of be there or thereabouts now they've gone down. As long as they're not beating us in the playoff final again like two years ago, then I'm happy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, who knows? But you, you kind of, by default, put those big boys down because you, you kind of think they've got more resources and more money than anyone else, but maybe they don't. Yeah, it's, it's funny, isn't it? It's a, it's such a... And I think the, the, I think the differential in terms of players and kind of, you know, if... The difference in teams and the quality in, in teams in the Premier League is vast from the top to bottom. Mm. I don't think, obviously, you take out Bolton and Berry because they're just in crisis. The rest of the teams, I think, they don't think there's a huge difference. Um, I think everyone can beat anyone on their day. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's actually quite a low points total to win the league. Um, and having a bit more time, I'm going to go for Portsmouth and, Pom- uh, and, and Posh second with Rotherham in the in the in the playoffs. Um, who, who, yeah. So 
Who was what other what other fans did you go in for? What did what did Tom Griff go for? Uh, so Tom Griff's gone for Pompey, Sunderland, and Rotherham. I'm assuming that's kind of in the order of kind of first, second, yep. and, and the, the playoffs. Um, we've got Shrews fans, USA, Pompey, Sunderland, and Posh again. Uh, Chris Owen saying Sunderland, Ipswich, and Posh. And Logan, STFC. Um, it's the same as Glynn, as in Portsmouth, Ipswich, and Oxford. So it's kind of the usual suspects, isn't it? Kind of, as I was saying just now, kind of popping up there. Um, because I think by default, that's kind of what you go for. Yeah, I think it's, it's hard to tell, isn't it? As his predictions is, is, um, is always a, yeah, a, massive, uh, a massive challenge um, to kind of decide. And yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to the season. And it also gives you that optimism because, you know, every game you've got a good chance of winning. Um, so Indeed. yeah, it's going to yeah. be really interesting to see, um, see, see how these things work out. So next final question was, who's going to get relegated? So what did you go yes. for? So I think this, well, I think two of these are kind of <laughs> um, uh, probably dead sets. Um, so I've gone for Bolton, Bury, Tramier, and I've gone for Bristol Rovers. I feel a bit bad doing this because I'm a Bristol boy originally, and I've always had a soft spot for Bristol Rovers. Um, uh, but they were in a similar predicament to us last season, and I just kind of got this weird feeling that they're going to go down. Um, I've always kind of seen Rovers as kind of like on a similar par to us in a way, and they've always kind of yo-yoed between kind of League Two and League One, and I just feel like they've kind of been flirting with going down for the last few seasons. Um, but I think as well, talking about Bolton and Barry, I mean, you know, they've both got these points deductions. I mean, Barry and J- well, they're both in a mess, yeah. um, and, and it's a bit of an embarrassment to the football league, really. But they've both got the you know what minus twelve they're starting with. And what you say, 50 points is where you need to get to. So they both need to get 62 points just to be marginally safe. Yeah. And 62 points, you're looking at kind of a 10th or 9th place. Yeah. Are those two teams good enough to, to in an all-season finish 9th and 10th? I don't think no. they are. So I would, well, I wouldn't put money on it, but I can't see them staying no. up. No, I can't see them staying up either. Um, I went for Berry and Bolton, obviously. Um, and then two teams with small budgets. Um, I think again, I got I, I think I got this feeling that I think there's gonna be a lot of teams in the fight for the playoffs, and I think there's gonna be a lot of teams in that kind of um, relegation fight um, for those mm. two places. And I wouldn't be surprised if those two groups are not really separated by that many points when you get to the extremes of the middle of the table. No, you. It's been a common theme I've noticed in League One the last few years. It's like the, the, the gap is one of these things. Like, oh, we're in the relegation fight. But I remember some t- points last season where I think we put on a bit of a run. It's like, hang on a sec. If we won the next five games, we could be just outside the playoffs. Yeah. And you know, so it's. I mean, maybe it's the beauty of the league. It makes it a lot more interesting than say the Premier League. I, league One's completely open yeah. this year. Um, you know, yeah, we did talk about you know the Sunderland Zips, but. I think you're right. I, I I feel like some of them are in a bit of a mess and it's kind of anyone. So again, that kind of makes it quite exciting and it, it does mean that teams like us could maybe have a nice little run. And Yeah, I think I think the, the mental attitude and confidence is going to be a huge one. Um, so I went for Rochdale and Stanley to go down. I just think, you know, two small budgets, I think they're going to struggle. Um, Glynn went for Bolton, Berry, Fleetwood and Tranmere. Um, League one being too much again for Mickey Mellon. Um, I think Fleetwood are actually going to do all right. Um, I don't quite agree with Glenn on Fleetwood, but that's his choice. And then some fans. So um, so yeah. Scott Lewis and Bullock went for Wickham, Southend, which actually Southend's a good show, actually. Bolton and Berry, Yeah, mm, they're yeah, going to struggle. Um, um, Andy Lewis went for Bolton, Berry, Rochdale and Wickham. Um, and then Jason um, went for Rochdale, um, Wimbledon, Berry and Berry, And he said Berry to go bust and Wickham to go. So he actually thinks Bolton's going to survive. <laughs> Um, I don't think they're going to do yeah. that, but yeah, it's everyone's everyone's right to reply, and yeah, it's it's. I think it just shows how hard it is to make these predictions. Yeah, I mean, at the moment, I think you know, Barry, they, the first two, no, they suspended, they haven't played, have they? So you know, I, yeah, and I don't know what happens there. Do the uh, I think they have to be re- they will have to be rescheduled. So it depends uh, whether they actually keep their yes. place. It'd be a real shame if Barry go out. Mm. No, I'm like a shame for the fans. Yeah. From a football administration point of view, this something needs to happen, and there's a lot of discussion about this online and especially on Twitter, um, with particularly Bolton fans getting quite sensitive, I'd say, um, about people discussing that their their club mm. and where they are. But yeah, I think I think it's going to be Bolton and Berry is probably going to be a theme, and something we'll have to mingling we'll cover as we go go through the next few weeks. Um, 
Mm, I think it just shows yeah. how lucky we are at Shrewsbury, isn't it? That we're kind of in the black and, you know, like touch wood, we don't really have to ever really worry about that happening. And, and essentially, we're kind of constantly punching above our weight. So, you know, it, it kind of... Yeah, definitely. And hopefully, you know, clubs like us and, um, you know, that do run our run financially prudently, like Brentford as well, who are, you know, being tipped as kind of, you know, someone mm. who could do well in, in the championship this season. Um, obviously, the, the debt in the championship and the debt of some of the clubs, even clubs that got relegated like Scunthorpe, have been running in the red. So hopefully, you know, this is one of the seasons where our financial prudence and our investment in infrastructure can mean can we can have a positive season. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that kind of wraps it up. Um, I guess next few weeks will be interesting with the transfer window's got another month to go. So it'll be interesting to see who we sign. Um, and yeah, interesting, mm. interesting first game. Nathan, thanks for joining us on the podcast. No, thank you for having me. It's been it's been good fun. So yeah, thanks for listening, guys. And um, yeah, me and Glenn will be back next week. Oh!